2: Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp, and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to, to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling, England playing, World Cup winning, Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listener, gog, giggle excitedly and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers.
0: Welcome to Stop Hammer Time. Uh, Tonight on Stop Hammer Time, we're going to crunch the numbers. uh, The correlation between games left of the season and amount of first-team footballers able to walk is starting to become a serious mathematical problem, as is indeed the rising uh, uh, graph axis of Mark Noble's age as, uh, as we face these seven remaining games of the season. Here to discuss all of those, as always, Jim Grant.
3: Good evening.
0: Good. Hello, Jim. Everything all right? I... Oh, yes, very good. Thank you. Uh, also joining us on tonight's stellar lineup, we have uh, one of the best friends we have of this podcast. He is radio and now triumphant podcast producer. Here's Mark Sandell. Good evening. Hello, Mark.
1: Lovely to see you.
0: Any more of those? Uh, the um, the missing podcast uh, the, coming up? My band- manhunt.
1: Man- manhunt. am finding Kevin Powell. We're. Um, yeah due to go back on the road in May, and it's been recommissioned for more episodes. Oh, great. And, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a few things uh, up our sleeve, but obviously we're not gonna start the thing again until the hunt starts again in earnest.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's on the BBC Sounds app and it's Manhunt. And uh, yes, uh, COVID basically forced it to a tantalizing cliffhanger, which is perfect for a true crime podcast. <laughs> uh, perfect situation for a, a global pandemic to achieve. Uh, so when it all starts up again, yeah, Manhunt on BBC Sounds, uh, excellent. Also with us, uh, we have, well, Jim, let me ask you this. Jim, who is your favourite Olympian?
3: Well, uh, my favourite Olympian uh, is none other than Chris Akabusi. But,
0: hang on a minute, Jim. Mine Jim. too. <laughs> Mine Jim. too. Jim, Jesse Owens, Jim. J- Jesse Owens. Well, I, I,
3: I, well I, I never met Jesse Owens. Jim. I mean, obviously, Jesse Owens, I... mar- amazing achievement,
0: <laughs> wonderful, ahead, wonderful man. Did I push that statue? Did I push that statue over for nothing, Jim? Have you learned nothing for me pushing over those statues in Bristol? Jesse, in the absence of Jesse Owens, we have my favourite Olympian, Jim. We have my favourite Olympian. It's Chris Akabusi. You know what, Phil?
4: I just forgot how funny you are. Well, funny, funny, funny. Not ha ha. Money, well, you've, got to take, you've got to take him away. <laughs> um, that's uh, yeah, that's that's very, no, astute, no, 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 no. very, astute. very astute observation, Chris. it has been, um, been a long time, but actually, it's, it's as if I've never left. It's great to be here. <laughs> Looking forward to Jim, Mark. First time I met you, fella. But um, I'm mean, going to look forward to the house party. Stop, hammer <laughs> <laughs> time. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: already brilliant to have you back chris uh this is it's been far too long and um you know it it has been it's been a long time since uh, uh we met and first met on the podcast we've been through, through some really bad seasons And yeah,
2: uh, it, we,
4: here we are it, it, so, so so even as you talk Phil there's one particular one that sticks in my mind where we were fighting relegation. We were, and were enormous upbeat and positive. Yeah. I was doing. I was That's right. and out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it drained even your uh, positivity. Yeah, there was one. Oh, uh, I mean there was I mean certainly the, the Pellegrini season, I think a lot of us thought, but you know, we just didn't have didn't have it in the tank to stay up. You know, uh, we just, we weren't going to get enough points. And um, and we did, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly some, some grim old times. <laughs> this season, this season's quite the opposite. Chris, I, 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 we better start with you. What do you make of all of this?
4: Well, I can't wait to hear Jim and Mark, but... I, 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 look, I know, I know it's probably about 2.30 in the morning and I'm in the middle of this fantastic dream that someone's going to wake me up from in a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm
4: i I, 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 know, I know this is not happening. It yeah. doesn't happen to West Ham. But if it did happen to West Ham, then what I would say is, it's just one of those moments where it all comes together and the big finger comes out of the sky and it says, and it's you. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it's not 2.30 in the morning, but I'm going to wake up at the end of the season and that finger says, it's really you. You're going on a European tour.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
4: if that big finger that says
0: it's you points at the owners, they might actually open their wallets and buy some players because they'll have won the lottery, won't they?
4: Um, (laughs) Well, 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 let's put it this way. That finger will be David Moy saying, open your wallet. I need, not. I don't need Um, a hundred players for a fiver like that Nordvite year. year, (laughs) I don't want that. I want (laughs) players that go straight into the first team and make the sort of impact that Jesse Lingard has made. Yeah, yeah. That finger.
0: Yeah, I think calling that year the Nordvite year is probably quite accurate. I think so. Um, But we played, uh, we played, uh, the weekend we played yesterday and uh, we won again. Um, Um... what did you make of it, Mark?
1: Well, Jim and I were just talking just just before we started about that quote that David Moyes said afterwards when he said, we've got to stop going 3-0 up and then nearly giving it away. And on the list of things you never expected to hear a West Ham manager ever say... The first part of that sentence doing a lot of heavy lifting there, isn't it? The first <laughs> yes, bit of that sentence, so, yeah. we've got to stop going 3-0 up. In fact, when Issa Diop nearly made it 4, and I know it was pulled back, and I thought, now that's a really dangerous lead, 4-0. I mean, 3-0 we can probably <laughs> deal with. You don't want yeah. to go mad and go 4-0 up because you never know what's going to happen. No, absolutely. And, it is, and I think as you can look at it. Obviously, you can look at it two ways. And in our current mood of optimism, you've got to say, it is brilliant that we're going 3-0 up against decent teams and blowing them away really, you know, early on. Leicester were awful for most of most of that game, really. 70 minutes they were. But on the other hand, you think it wouldn't be West Ham, would it, if we weren't? I, I watched the highlights again today on Match Day 2 and still got nervous. I knew yeah. what happened. yeah, yeah. yeah but still got nervous. I mean it's fantastic, isn't it? I mean this is this is great fun. I mean, it's easy to look look back on it now and say great, but it is great. And what a team performance. Extraordinary. I mean the three goals. We had three fantastic goals last last
0: last week i mean those would have been the three best goals of any other of our recent seasons i think apart from paillette jinxing through an entire defense in uh his maybe his second season with us uh yeah it was at the olympic stadium wasn't it um and carroll's overhead lanzini against spurs this season but the three goals last week would have been like you know the top three goals of a season Then we scored three more great goals this week it was extraordinary
3: um, yeah. I think earlier in the season, we were actually sort of saying, Oh, we're playing really, really well, but the final ball's not so good. Uh, the quality of the finishing yes. isn't, isn't, isn't what it should be. And we were being a bit kind of still picking up points, but we were being a bit picky about that. And it's as if like Moise has gone, "Yeah, we really need to address. And he said that didn't he? we need to address the finishing lands. So we need to improve the, you know, and, and it's the nature of those goals. I mean, it, I think we've had the last the last two games. I think it's something like ten shots on target, six of them goals. Yeah, um,
4: yeah.
3: And you know the precision of some of the finishing. Uh, uh, Sufal looking up and picking out Lingard and 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 Lingard. Um, Arthur getting in getting in and and picking out four-outs, You know, yeah. They've been week, working yeah. on this. That interview that Jacob Steinberg did with the. Um, um, with uh, with Fornhouse and in the Guardian, which I recommend, it's really really good. Oh, when uh, where, when did that come out? It's in I think prior to the game. I think it might be Sunday morning, right, right. Sunday, oh, Sunday evening, it was Sunday time. So. Um, yeah. You have to kind of search for it on the on the on the website now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, now sort of says, you know, um, I say to the lads, if you get out wide, I'm going to be on the penalty spot. That's the best place to kind of pick up second, you know, rebounds and that kind of thing. And of course, there he was on the penalty spot. Side-footing it in, in in the Wolves game, and so you know the, we're scoring fantastic. They're wonderful goals to watch, and and a uh, different that that's the third goal was a thing of beauty. This the, yes, the sharp they. interchanging. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of goal that we've been enviously watching your Arsenal's and your Man City's scoring over the years, and Liverpool in recently. And now we're scoring those goals. You know, everyone's getting involved. Um, you know, it, it, it come from a high press. We 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 turn over possession quickly. Arthur slips the ball through straight away, first time, and then it's lovely feet from everybody, and uh, Bowen tucks it in. Absolutely amazing to and watch. And Chris uh,
0: <laughs> Lingard, Lingard has just been the difference
4: in these last few games, hasn't he? Well, he's been a revelation. You now, when when we said we were going to sign Jesse Lingard on a uh, on loan, I thought. What? What are we doing that for? Why would we get Jesse Lingard? You know we've got Lanzini, we've got Fournells. You know we've got we had Anderson. Why would we have to have another creative midfielder? We need we need a striker. Hmm. Little did I know that Manchester United had this genius locked up in a cupboard that yeah. nobody knew about. And it's just I mean that goal of his, we bent it round the players and into the corner. And Smeichel, who's a great... No, 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 not great. Sorry. 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 A good goalkeeper. Yeah. Was nowhere near it. Didn't move. It was extraordinary. Where 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 did he get that sort of vision and audaciousness to even attempt that, let alone to deliver it? And I don't want to say this because Payet was something special, but I've got to say it. You know, he's looking on that door
0: he's got something oh, hasn't he i mean it's really he doesn't even th- he doesn't even think about that shot he sort of does it like a, it's a training game uh, he's, free.
4: He's, he's he's just free you know you know when well when I was a kid there would be a couple of kids who'd play for the school team who could just dribble around everybody and they were just amazing little kids it's like that he he, yeah. he gets these balls and does these runs and then he finishes as if he's free as if He's playing in a playground, and it's yeah. awesome. And again, it's another one of those. Okay, it must be 2.34. I'm going to wake up soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he has
0: been, I mean, obviously, because we're we sort of, um, we're shedding players like a snake shedding skins well, at the moment. Say, we're just...
4: I'm sorry, I, I, yeah. I am concerned, though, because because I think when we had him on loan, it was an, with an idea of we'll pick him up 50 million at the end of the year. I think you can double that. I, I, I really don't see us picking up fifty million. I think that there's too many people around about us who are fighting for the top four, who would think I have some of that. I mean, everything, everything yeah. have some of that. He could play. Spurs could have some of that. Yeah. You know, he, he could do a job in teams who are traditionally ahead of us. So, I think we've got a bomb fight in our hands. The only thing is, he's settled with us, yes. and hopefully, he likes us. But that's another yes. but, the early one you said. That's another one where. Boys has got to be able to say to um, the Davids, listen, gentlemen, we've got Lingard, we've got Rice, we've got Susek. If we want to keep these boys, we've got to be building on them, not yeah. from them.
1: I, I agree with you completely, Chris. Uh, but I also think where he's made, obviously we know the amazing contribution he's made on the pitch, but he's clearly made an impression off it as well. He's clearly fitted into that, the culture there. He's clearly popular. You know, they really like him. You've only got to see the way Declan Rice was celebrating that goal on the sidelines yesterday. You know, he's come straight in, done really, really well. He obviously has a manager who believes in him completely and knew all about, you know, that he was not getting time and all of that. So you just wonder sometimes, particularly if we were to get into Europe, whether this just fits him and it works for him. And why go and and experiment somewhere else? Yes. You know, also, when it when it when it works.
0: Also, I, th- I think he um, isn't he sort of in the last year of a contract or something. Yeah, one so, more year. so in a sense, he he's a little bit in the driving seat in that whole deal, isn't he? I think he's he can sort of go where he wants to where because, you know, he's just come out of this experience where he's felt a bit unloved and a bit sort of unsupported. And he's come into a team where he's got quite the opposite of that, where he's, you know, he's instantly a cult hero. And, yeah. um, you know, as as long as we're sort of not going to, um, you know, pay him insulting wages uh, compared to what he got at Manchester United, it's possible that he might, he might even, you know, uh, agitate for a move to West Ham, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he might clearly. The you know
3: a big part of this project from him surprising the football world by coming on loan to 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 West Ham was about getting back in the England squad, which he's yeah. done. Uh, but he need, he's obviously now about getting picked for the Euros, um, uh, and if he can prove, I mean, if he can do that through, I you mean, know we've got we'll have two regular England internationals playing in the in the squad. I mean, that that is a sign that. You're not kind of you know it's not a dead end thing to come to to come to our, our club and then if you think that there's a long history, isn't there, of of players going to big big clubs and then ending up as fringe players there and that, yeah. that I think you know one way or another it depends on the nature of the player but for some players it <clears throat> it, it damages their confidence I think and mm-hmm. it means that they end up not having the careers they probably I mean Scott Parker would be at Chelsea would be a very good. Uh, example of that, I think. Um, but you, you know, you could reel off several others. Um, I, I said last week, and I, I still think it's true, though, that that Man United would be looking at this and going, "Well, you know, um, he's 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 still a darn good player. Um, he's very, very tied there. If they want him back and they offer him a new contract, he's he's going back there. I I, 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 that would be my view. Do
4: you think so? Um, do, do, do you think no, no. Sorry, it's, what, do you think so? You see, I. I I don't think I do, so. Yeah. I, 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 well, I don't think so. I think he loves Man United. I think he's been hurt by Man United. That they've got him uh, Bruno Fernandes and Pogba, and they've said, um, effectively, you're not quite good enough for us. And I actually think the reverse. I think if he gets the right backing at West Ham with the right players... We will be the perfect club for him because he's not going to be relegated. He's going to be key to what we do, and he could, in the next three years. Now listen, this, this I'm slapping myself and say, but take us to be regular top four, winning something. Could you? Yeah, you know, we've got we've got legends of our club, and you know who they are: Moore, Hurst, Peters. Could we win yeah. stuff? And he could. It's, I, 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 you have to apologise when I'm saying these sort of things, but he could be. It could be a name like that, and for the board owners, if actually they invest around him and Rice and Suchek and actually allow us to actually win something, not to be the not noisy eastern neighbours, but be to be the and again I be the premier team in London. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong,
3: Chris. I I I, I think what I think you're saying is absolutely right. I think if he's got his head screwed on, he'll recognise all of that. But I think there's a big pull. I think he's confident. He's hugely confident. I mean, a lot of what we've been talking about, those first-time shots and that, that kind of comes from this incredible self-belief he's got. He's kept himself fit over that long period of time. He's not got, down you know, he's taken an opportunity that was a bit of a risk, I think, coming to West Ham. And and, and so all that speaks volumes about him as a personality and, and whatever. But I, so I think he'll be, if if Man United say come back, you know, fight for your place. I think he will. I, 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 I that's my view, um, but I don't think that's necessarily the right thing for him for him to do. And I, I totally agree. I think you you build teams around he like. Well, you know when we when when in that Piatt season, you know we one of the things we noticed about Piat, as well as his own spectacular achievements, was the fact that he made players around him better. It made Cresswell a better player. Suddenly Noble was doing you know, all kinds of fancy one-twos with him. And Lingard is making those, those front three or four around him. He's, he's starting to make Bowen a better player. I think
0: you know. Yeah, um, we should probably come on to that in a way. I mean, there were some other um, good performances in in uh, yeah. that you know that game, and, and and in a way, because it's got the same scoreline as as uh, the last game, and in fact, the game before that featured a, th- a sort of a three goal comeback from the opposition. Um, you know, th- there was a well. Let's talk about um, Bowen, for example. Was uh, had a great game, and in fact, you know, social media people were sort of starting to. Be a bit, I think people look for fault when things are going well. So people are going, oh, it's great, but Bowen's, you know, not very good was essentially a bit of a kind of um, uh, tune being played on social media, similarly with Ben Rama. Um, I've, I've never really liked Bowen any less than I liked him when he first came, which is a lot and I thought, you know, he scored goals in the last two games because he was moved centrally, and uh, um, certainly this week he was moved. And, you know, the absence of goals from him uh, before that didn't take away from the huge amount of graft he puts in and, um, uh, you know, being key to the sort of tempo, key to the pressing, key to a lot of what makes us a good team. But it was great to see him get on the scoreboard yesterday
4: and last week.
3: Okay. Yeah, with well taken goals as well, are not they? I mean, both beautifully taken.
4: But, um, it's got, but I think, what, Phil, what, what, what you said, and i let Mark say, but, but was that's really important, is that people were not seeing the grafting and the defensive work. And you, the fact is, you, you know, obviously Moyes had had him down that flank, protecting Souffar, doubling up for Souffar, and then all of a sudden, that interchanging with Antonio, saving Antonio's hamstrings. So all of that, Cartos, you know, cartos work, the water carrying work he was doing, then you can't blame him for then either missing goal opportunities or trying to take in them and just not being crisp enough to deliver them. So, so I think he was asked to do the X a bit too much and therefore, you know, wasn't delivering in that final third, but not because he wasn't doing it, do, but he was doing a bit for, for West Ham.
1: He yeah, wasn't. Absolutely. He, he he never hides for a start. No. Secondly, he takes a lot of stick. How many times did he get kicked yesterday? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I guess he, he's, he's, he always gets you know sort of rough treatment. And having the having him and Lingard playing sort of either side of that centre was fantastic for him. It was liberating yeah. for him. And you know we we seen him get substituted, and you see him come off, and he's just breathing really. You know, he just battles away the whole time, and he just he also has that kind of goldfish mind. Sometimes it doesn't matter if he's missed one; the next time he's still going to give it a go. There's no yeah. kind of you know. Shell- and, that, and and he's now getting his reward, and he's not he's not Antonio. You know. No, that's but, right. Yeah, and, yeah. And so and so they played they played him not like Antonio, and it worked. You yeah. know? And also, I think when people get
0: sort of frustrated with him, the thing, the thing is. You know, he's also, he's not Philip Coutinho and he's not Eden Hazard. It's like, if he was those guys, we wouldn't have him. You know, we got him from a Championship Cup and he came with a huge amount of confidence that came from, uh, you know, being a high-functioning Championship player, a player that in the goldfish bowl that we got him from was a big fish. And uh, it came into the team. But what was great about him was that, you know, like Suchek, I mean, those two were instrumental to us staying up. Absolutely instrumental to us staying up, those two guys. What was great about them is that they came with the spirit that they left their previous club with, which was they were big fish. They were big fish in their clubs. They came and they didn't get overawed by playing for us. And why should they? We were, like, threatening by relegation, you know. Uh, They were like Knights in Shining Harbour coming to save the day. And, uh, yeah, you're right. He never hides. And I think he's confident. Jim, you always say he backs himself when he's got a chance to shoot at goal. He'll back himself. He won't... He doesn't have that doubt. He doesn't have that fear. He doesn't have that sort of... Sometimes Carlton, if he had too much time, might screw it up because there's just too much time to think about that shot. Um, You know, Antonio... Antonio, version one, if he had too much time to think about it, would uh, you know sometimes screw it up. But you know, yeah. Bowen doesn't have any fear. You know, um, I,
3: I, that, I love him. I love him, and I think you know, I think his, I think he did, I think his form did dip mid-season, and that happens to players. Um, and he's picked it up. You know, he's he's he, and, and it, 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 he's been outstanding in those last few games. I mean, he he, he deservedly man of the match. I mean, we could have picked one or two others, but he was deservedly man of the match. I thought. Um, uh, on uh, on Sunday. So um, you know, I, I, I I'm really, really pleased. I, he's exactly the kind of player that Moy seems to like, you know, runs all day, no ego, great team player, um and and clearly working at making himself a better player, I think. And you know, well, good luck to him.
4: Yeah. And like I'm sure you're gonna mention Ben Rama. I, I I feel for Ben Rama because he again came with a lot of promise, and maybe it's going to take another year for him to to, to, to actually deliver on his promise. But with with all the tricks and flicks and obvious flair that he has, there's something missing at this level. And I don't know what it is. Well, obviously there's goals. (laughs) But that's Mm. for itself. But there's just something, not you know, whatever Bowen seems to be producing now
1: and Lingard has in spades, he hasn't quite got. Yeah, I I, the only, we, I, know you've discussed this, um, Phil and, and Jim, on the podcast before, but you felt that early on he just needed a goal, didn't he? he needed a goal. Um, yeah. He needed to do something that really got, you know, because he just seems to be, it feels to me like he's trying too hard. He did that lovely bit when he came on yesterday. And he, again, he was left very late in the day. I do yeah. wonder how much David Moyes trusts him. And that that mm. kind of concerns. Me.
3: I think in those situations, definitely, and in the kind of that kind of game against, you know, um, so I think we've got one or two games, you know, the, the Chelsea game, Everton game. I think you know you're unlikely to see him, um, you know, injury depending, uh, start whatever. But I I've got a th- I've, my feeling about him is that he's yet he might yet play a really important role in what I think we're going to have to play two or three games late in the season against <clears> packed defenses parked buses and i think he's got the he's got the chops to unlock a tight defense um uh possibly even more than ligar so we've been playing on the break against uh your arsenals and, and wolves and Lessers, but we're going to have to find a way through the west bromwich albion defense through the brighton defense through the southampton defense and i think you know that 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 um that little if you remember that little chipped assist for Bowen's flicked header against Villa earlier in the season, yeah. those little dinked balls, little, little kind of little kind of shimmy, get to the byline. It might be what we need. You I know. think it was in his
0: debut that he just prodded it sideways for Suchek. Yeah. Uh, you know, just came on and it was just, it came on quite late in the game, but it was just a little, he unlocked, you know, he unlocked the defence, which was just shunting it, you know, sideways. So he's got a great footballing great. I really like him. I mean, I think yesterday it's conceivable that he would have had more game time than he had because all the substitutions... Got shunted a long one because one was forced <laughs> early when Cresswell was injured. So he had, yeah. so Moyes had to use one of his substitutions early, earlier than he wanted. And I think, um, you know, there were he might have, you know, taken someone off like Bowen off maybe earlier and replaced them with Ben Rama, which was the change, but relatively late in the game. And I didn't think Ben Rama really had a chance to sort of get much going last night because our backs were to the wall by the time he came on.
1: I do think there's an issue there, though, about, um, you know, it was very impressive the way that Moyes set up yesterday. And bearing in mind, we're missing, you know, our best central defender, our best midfielder and, you know, our best striker. Our he... well, only striker. Yeah, yeah. Our only striker, yes, thank you. And uh, So he lays the team out really. What I, do, what I have been concerned about the last few games is our, what I would call our in-game management. You know, we, presumably you put your substitutes there because you say, right, okay, if Aaron Cresswell gets injured, we're going to play you, and we're going to move Balbuena there, or whatever, or if Mark Noble gets injured, you know, we're going to play anybody except Connor Coventry, by the looks of things. Yes. Um, you know, and I and it seems to me we've gone a little bit off the rails when we've had an injury problem. You know, when Antonio had to go off, or when mm. you know yesterday with Cresswell like that. It's sort of you know when you think we've got a fantastic coaching staff, brilliant motivation. We we they seem to know what they're doing. I just feel we're a bit shaky when it actually comes to enforced decisions.
0: Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yes, I wonder. You know, he obviously didn't. You know, one thing he could have done was go to a back four, uh, but he clearly doesn't fancy Masuaku as a left-back and And, I think he's absolutely right. (laughs) I think Um, all right-thinking human beings, even people that know nothing about football go, Even Celine Celine Dion will probably go, oh, Masuaku (laughs) as a a left-back. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Just people that literally newborn babies are coming out going, who? Left-back? Playing left? No. No, no, he's good going forward, but everybody thinks the same. So it was clear that he couldn't do that. I was surprised to see Babuena. I sort of thought, oh, he'll, maybe he'll do something with Ben Johnson or something. But Babuena yeah. came out and I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, he's another central defender. Such a long time since we've seen him.
3: I mean, I would have thought the plan originally was not for Arthur to play the entire game. You know, he was uh, no, no. He's coming back from injury. He yep. absolutely kind of ran out of puff in the, in the Wolves game mm-hmm. after sort of an hour. Um, and the same thing happened. And and um, you know, they were absolutely rampant down our left-hand side, weren't they? With when yeah. Al- Albrighton came on, you know, surprised he wasn't in the starting team. I always think he's a good player. Um, I was always relieved not to not to see yeah. him start. Yeah. Uh, and he started, you know getting down and getting crosses in and, and, and you know, we were struggling. That was one of those games. I, I never felt, it, it felt more tense than the, it felt more like the Arsenal game than the Wolves game, didn't it? I mean, I I do yeah. feel that if the game had gone on for another 10 minutes, we'd have lost, actually. Um, yeah, yes. we, were, we were absolutely
4: all over the place. At That's all about that mentality, mentality. Because, because you can see... I, I, it's far break for me to criticize Moise in this in, in, in this season. But the, if you, if there, it is this defensive mentality where all of a sudden, what got you there, you stopped doing. Just because Masuaka makes a mistake and they score one, doesn't yeah. mean all of a sudden you've got to try to park the bus. None. No, no, no. It, it means continue doing what you're doing because they're going to give you an opportunity and get the fourth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I but think, I think... To us. we did we did nearly get the fourth didn't we um, Yes we did yes. Yes. yeah it yeah. yeah. was yeah There's a fragility there you 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 did feel that Brendan Rodgers half time team talk would have been look we just need one back here and you yeah. know yeah. on the run here as badly as you've played in this half you only need one back
3: Yes I mean I think
1: a lot of the, the problem is
3: I think a lot of what we do involves running hard and covering ground and pressing, when we're playing well, um, and we have got the players who, to do it. The likes of you know Suchek, you know covers incredible amount of ground. Fornells never stops moving, never stops running. Bowen, like we said, um, but you know the, the, we haven't got quite the replacements on the bench to come on and just pick up from where they've left off. And no. um, you know ben, mm-hmm. ben Rama has got his own virtues, but he's not that kind of play it's not going to do a four hours for you so i do feel it's you know we've been you know the, the thinness of the squad get is really getting exposed not just through injuries but also f- from maintaining the tempo that that that, that moise wants the team to play at um and and we look you know we do look we just look leggy didn't we, we just look at puffed yeah you know? yeah
0: um
3: it's like coming you know chris like that final straight in a, in a 400 meters you know that sort of sense of 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 you know hanging on in there, yeah. um, and I thought you know we we've been incredibly resilient as a team throughout the season. I, I, it, it's it's we, we've we've watched entertaining West Ham teams down the years, and we've enjoyed some really really fantastic individual players. But I can't remember. I mean, mm-hmm. getting back to 85, 86 maybe was the last time we had a team that just just was so. Um, Foot brim full of confidence and resilience and determination and team spirit. It's brilliant to watch. How
1: many? How many times? I was the only reason I know this is because I was looking it up because I couldn't remember a season where we'd scored three goals or more as many times. Do you know yeah. had, yeah. how many? How many we've got in all competitions? Three goals or more?
3: Uh, no. It's a lot, and only Manchester City and Man United have
0: more. I read yeah. somewhere. Well,
1: it's, it's twelve if you include obviously pair pair about and FA Cup. The 85 86 season, we didn't get anywhere near that. And I was also thinking about the Allardyce Championship season when we mm, won in the playoff. Mm. I thought, I seem to re- recall us beating Barnsley 4 0 and Forest. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and again, the, it was it was nine, I think, in all, including the playoff. Wow, that's so, amazing. So, I, you know, I'm sure someone will correct me, but I can't think of a season when we've consistently scored three goals or more and also only once have conceded more than three, which was the Everton Cup tie, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, You know,
1: you, usually in the course of a season, it doesn't matter, even in the 85, 86 season, we had a few thumpings. You know, you just that's just West Ham, isn't it? And we haven't really... Chelsea probably was the 3-0. The that was pretty poor, wasn't it? And, and yeah. Our performance, but we haven't had a real hiding. I don't want to tempt one. No, we no. Had it. I mean, that is... And that is fantastically entertaining. If on 12 occasions this season, we've seen us score three or more goals.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right, Jim. I mean, they're sort of like, you know... Uh, there's been a sort of counter-argument of kind of going, you know, we let them back in about Arsenal uh, and uh, about the last two games, Wolves and um, Leicester. Um, But I think a lot of it is fatigue and that the other team sort of gets its act together. You know, that Arsenal were wretched in that first half and then the second half, Arteta himself said, it's one of the best halves of football we've played all season. They really came back into that game and it was hard to do anything about it, especially since we're tiring from having gone 3-0 up and similarly, you know, the last two games um, you know, if we had won them 3-0, if we would beat Leicester 3-0 again <laughs> when they're third in the division and a good Wolves team, that would have been a very strange result the fact that we, you know, we scored three goals but they scored some goals as well sort of feels like the natural order of things Sorry Chris.
4: No, no but for what I think it is, as I said I think it's, it's our mentality. Some of our worst games this year, when we, we did it against Man United, for some reason, now, okay, they're second in the league now, but they weren't then. I, I called it playing the badge. All of a sudden, yeah. Man United had come in town, so we got a part of the bus. I don't know why. And what, we did it against Liverpool, did it get yeah. Man United. You know, uh, we did it once against... These big brands... We get the mentality, got a part of the bus. And we and it's, and it's exactly what happens when we go through and up. We go through fill up and then we go, got a part of the bus. And so I actually think it is our mentality. We bring it on ourselves. Yes, of course. If you give Arsenal the ball and say, Okay, attack v attack v defense, they're gonna flood you. Arsenal, we were we were lucky against Arsenal. We were yeah. weren't good enough. But we were lucky, I think you said 10 more minutes with Leicester, we were lucky against Leicester. And that's without Madison. So so my theory is that we get this park-the-bus mentality and we can't do it. We haven't got the players equipped to do it, to
0: defend properly. No, I mean, you have to keep giving them something to think about. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously that's sort of hitting them on a break... Uh, approach where we might not have as much possession, um, you know, is it, how we've operated. I mean, those last three matches, we scored three goals in the first halves of those games because, um, you know, the team, the other team comes on to us and then we hit them on the break. And, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, I guess... It's hard to it's, it's a for ninety two minutes. Two sides
3: of an equation, though, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I think Benji mentioned this um, a few weeks ago on, on the podcast. I, I think at the moment we're 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 setting out to blitz teams in the first in the first twenty minutes of the game. We've scored a lot of early goals this season. We've really hmm. really gone at teams, play with a very high tempo in the first half, and it is difficult to maintain. I mean, Leicester. A third in the league. They've only yeah. won. They've they've only lost one away game all season. It would be amazing if it. they didn't have a twenty minute yes. spell against yeah. you. They're gonna they're gonna have a, a period of. You know, it's about the game management when when in those situations when you are a bit backs to the wall. Um, and I, as I say, I think you know you you were rightly pointed out, Phil, that you know um, two of the substitutions were forced on him through injury. That makes a difference to how you are, you're planning to manage the game. Um, even from half time, you know <clears throat> onwards, um so I don't think we can be I wouldn't be too critical. i think you're I think you're right, chris. I think it, you know it, it's something that we've seen west Ham teams down oh under rednap, you know, we used to do the same thing, but it's a team full of attacking players, but we'd we'd get to the last ten minutes of the game and we'd be for some reason you know uh, backs against the wall. we mentioned last week that game under under billit, you know. Um a, a way at Spurs where he took Pyatt off and in health thing kind of you know, but Pyatt by being as th- attacking threat on the halfway line, you know, when we, when when the ball was in our box, was, was was a defender in a way, even though he was attacking. So I think you're right, but I think it's very hard for football teams to avoid that at times. Um
0: yeah, it's very weird. It's very rare for the, you know, any team in, in a, a football match not to have a spell. You know, you feel that if if uh, Real Madrid played Bromley United, Bromley might have five minutes in the game where they sort of gave them a bit <laughs> of trouble for one reason or another. Um, we'll carry on with this after this message.
2: Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable.
4: Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike.
0: Cooler.bike, e-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. And, uh, yeah, so... Can um, so I was y-
3: just say about you one thing that really surprised me about Leicester?
0: Yes,
3: um, and I know they were disrupted and they've had injuries as well, and I mean, I'm very relieved that that Harvey Barnes is was not because I think he's a fantastic yeah. player. We, we we struggled to deal with his pace in the in the in the uh, in the away game. Remember that he got that goal that was just VAR'd fractionally offside. Yeah, it was yeah. a fantastic move. They, they they got that goal up there. Um, but I was surprised that they. I mentioned last week. I thought you know they're going to have learned. They're going to have learnt their lesson. You know they were they were burned with, uh, by Antonio's pace up there and and they're the hitting him on the break. But actually, if you look at the two second goals in those games, the second goal up there was a long punt from Cresswell over the top that Fornaus sprung their high line oh, offside yes, trap yes, on did, and yes. scored. Second goal today, Diop uh, long ball down the line, Bowen springs their offside trap and yeah. and, and and scores. He really didn't learn from 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 them. Sort of the first game. so uh, you know everyone. Lords, Brendan Rodgers, uh, everyone you know has opinions about managers, but they all make mistakes. And Rogers Rodgers set them up, got them, got the tactics wrong in that first half badly.
0: Yes, that's true. i forgot about that four goal being against Leicester. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's identical, sort of springing of the offside, Similar, offside yeah. trap, you know, even down to, you know, questions being asked as to whether it was offside and ha- having to be yeah. checked by VAR.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd also, I'd also question Brendan Rogers in, in terms of the fact that if you know anything about West Ham, it's exactly what you just said, Jim, is that we blast teams early on. We're happy overall to have 35% possession over the course of a whole game. But what was it, the Arsenal game, 10 minutes in, we had 86% possession. You know, And so if you know anything about us, you know that we're actually going to really go for you in the first 20, 25 minutes. As you say, that high pressing, high energy is fantastic. So, again, you thought, well, surely you would, you'd come up with something. We used to get annoyed with West Ham teams being a terribly slow starters, didn't we? We'd always say, yeah. why does it take, you know, how many, how many times have we had that conversation? What is it? What is our problem that we can't send them out fired up? Well, they're fired up now. But you know you you're going to watch match of the day every week to see that's how we play. Yeah. Question. Good question for you guys. I'm because I've not seen
4: all your um, podcasts. Um, have you discussed the absence of fans and and, and maybe the effect that's um that's had on the team?
0: Yeah. Sort of. You know, we haven't had a long conversation about it, but it does sort of come up. You know. Uh, I mean, you know, those um those sort of stats about Leicester's away record and our home record you sort of listen to them and kind of go yeah it's not really the same this season though is it sort of you know kind of uh, away games and home games I mean we still seem to do well at home I mean there's I think in the Olympic Stadium especially pre-new carpet I think you probably did have to be used to playing in that season because it was very difficult to, um, you know, uh, calculate in your little onboard computer how hard to hit a ball because a huge expanse of green and then the fans being a long way away spread out in front of you. And I think players said, I think Collins said when he was on the podcast, that it's actually difficult to, you
4: know, find your range. Um, Yeah, I I didn't mean that, Phil. I mean crowds. Yeah, I mean I'm talking about. Toxicity. 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 Thank yeah. you very much. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just trying to imagine um, what it would have been like if the fans had been in the ground. We're playing championship, uh, champagne football three nil, and then Masuaku makes that mistake.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: How would, how would the fans have reacted? And how would, how would Masuaku have reacted? Uh, and that's just a small cameo. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I'm a fan. I, I go. I've got. The, but, but sometimes I've seen us turning our our, our our players. And I'm I'm now beginning to wonder, you know, have we had great players all along? Just could that couldn't perform under the pressure that is an East End crowd? that's not very happy.
3: I it's a difficult not- one. I, I, I mean, sorry, Phil. No, go on, Jim. Uh, well, I, I was going to say, judging judging by some of the comments on uh, social media, well, even on our Stop Hammer Time Facebook group, there was somebody instantly sagging Masuaku off and saying he's useless, he's rubber, blah, You know, completely ignoring the fact he's just coming back from injury He's he's been fantastic in the in the for the first hour in both the games that we've seen him. He, he, that, that anticipation running in for the second goal at, at Wolves, seeing that opportunity, the balance he brings to the left-hand side, fantastic feat. There was one moment in the second half where he was surrounded by four yeah, players. It yeah. just kind of just kind of dribbles his way Came out, out of that. I mean, like, yeah. you know, kind of thing that world-class players do. Um, he's, you know, like I said, I mentioned his interception and his quick ball for the for the third goal, the fact that it was his second great cross from the burst of pace and cross from the left that led to the first goal. All this suddenly just gets ignored, uh, because the guy makes one mistake. And I think you're you're right, you know, um there have been times when I think a, a kind of mood of discontentment and uh and, and, and so on sort of seeps on the pitch. But I, I I'm not uh, sure that happens um, it, it, to teams that are doing really
0: well, though. No, I, 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 I don't think I, so. I mean, I don't think it. I don't think the fans turn on a sixpence within a game if, on the whole, we're playing really well.
1: I think. I think if we were at where we are in the table now, it that you know, um, you know, allowing for everything, and we'd had fans all the way through. I don't think they would have turned on Masuaku yesterday. I just don't think that would have happened. Yeah. I think what, if you turn the clock back, where well, I think what might have been a bit more interesting in that respect would be, we've lost the first game at home to Newcastle. We've lost the second game, a little unluckily away at Arsenal. And then we're at home The Wolves, I think, isn't it? its the Yeah, um, and we
0: win that. And,
1: and I'll, I would love to have known what the atmosphere would have been like there. We've lost our first two games. Yeah. We've got a terrible run of fixtures about to come yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And City, Liverpool and all that. And I'd love to know just how... What the atmosphere would have been like in um, so, and weather? So,
4: yeah. So that's my point, Mark. So that's my that's that's that's, with... that's my point. We are we are in a position right now be- because we haven't had the fans and we haven't had all these all these micro along the way that have meant that people don't want the ball. Masuaka doesn't want to take on four players, come out of it, and then make a great cross. He doesn't want to do it. He wants to find no take it away. So so. So we would, not, we would not be in this position. We would be where we normally are, which is in the bottom six, <laughs> you know, and we've just, <laughs> if we're lucky, just got past 40 points. So
0: I don't know what the lesson is. I just don't think so. I don't, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, those, those, when Moyes came in last time after Bilic, you know, I mean, were, the, things were pretty ugly at that time. And I think that sort of week in which we beat Chelsea 1-0 and then drew 0-0, with Arsenal, uh, you know that really turned the mood, you know, and that's one point in a week, but two really good performances, and um, we started to think, oh, we might not get relegated, you know. I think, I think, um, you know, I think, it was, you know, that new stadium took a lot of getting used to, but there were there were games where it was pumping, even in the bad days, you know. That Friday think- night against Leicester, I think that was a draw, wasn't it? But we really needed that draw. You know what yeah. we Maybe it was yeah. Monday. It was yeah, an odd yeah, night. Yeah, of the no, week. Were, yeah. no, it wasn't. You know, it, was, it, was it, was it was
3: an evening game. I mean, yeah, it was, it was strong.
0: heaving. Yeah, and a really good atmosphere because we needed it, and the fans got behind the team.
3: And interesting, a player we mentioned earlier Albrighton, in an interview after the game, said what an intimidating place it was to play.
0: Yeah,
3: and that's the, that's you know, I, I, I think it's, I think the, the noise does strange things in that in that. In that arena, in that ground, in a way, I think sometimes it's noisier, noisier than than it can seem to you at one end. You know, if your end isn't being noisy at the time, sometimes the you know. Um, and I think it wasn't long after that there was, there was the win against Tottenham, was it? Um, and and it really was rocking that night when Lanzini scored in that in that one. So I think you know, it's not that it has the potential to be an intimidating place for away teams to come in the old Upton Park that people go on about with its proximity to the pitch that stopped being Upton Park quite a long time ago because once they rebuilt that west stand the 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 ground was a whole west stand wider wasn't it because they never they never did the same thing that they were going to do with the east stand and move the move the pitch back over which was in the original plans um, I mean, it's a really good question, and I think it's a really interesting debate now about where the campaign against the board, where the where the complaints against no. the board go, because it's been wrapped up, no doubt, with failure on the pitch. I mean, that you know, fundamentally,
4: yeah, um, last four last years, last uh, four seasons, yeah.
3: yeah. Um, so there was there was a, there was a picture of, of um, fans outside the game when the team bus around outside the ground, the team bus, sort of, you know, with. GSB out posters, you know, R.I.P. West Ham. You know, it's a bit odd having a big banner saying R.I.P. West Ham when you're fourth in the league and chasing Champions League football within the five year time frame that was that was you know supposedly the, the kind of the promise that everyone had bought into. Um, i no Sorry, lover. I don't understand,
0: Jim. When was this banner? Well, Yesterday. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well R well, I, I P West Ham. Yeah. Yeah, it's
3: so a kind of GS well it's I mean
1: that, I you can't do something. Like who was it who so, so raised the so adaptation It still yeah. says yeah. that right. on it, you but know? That wasn't you know, um, killing our club and all
3: podcast. that and all that kind of well, thing. I mean so, yeah. I mean it's a difficult one because uh, a lot of the animosity towards the board is 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 deep seated in the way they have perceived to have um, treated fans and, and and so on and so forth. But a lot of it is just born out of frustration of failed transfer policies and and, and a lack of lack of success, and, and I think people were naive. I, I, I hate to say it, but I think people were naive about what their expectations were when we moved into the stadium. When we did a series of podcasts just after that move, we talked about you know raised expectations as being a real problem for 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 a club. And, <laughs> and Moyes picked up on it. One of the first things he said in an interview when he arrived was that he wants to you know under promise and over deliver, the opposite to what's been going on at West Ham for too long, is yeah. over-promising and under de- under-delivering. Um, well, yeah. No, I... I yeah. No. <laughs> no, quite true. I, 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 I get it. But I think it's... It, it but, makes but the be, whole situation because, more problematic. But because way, people
0: didn't want to move, because people didn't want to move from um, Upton Park... Uh, I think they willfully misinterpreted what Gold, Sullivan and Brady said about the next level. They, in that first season that went horribly wrong because, you know, I lay the BAME very much at Billich's door, not really Sullivan and Gold's door, I have to say. And, uh, but that season sort of went tits up. And basically these people were saying they promised us the next level. They promised us the next level about... Six months after that promise was made, as if somehow a switch was going to be flicked. No, Phil, you I'm c-
4: no, I'm not having that, mate. So no, it wasn't Bilic. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not GSB out. Definitely not. I do not know what it's like to have a have a, a shedload of money and and have to decide how to spend it. But Bilic wanted some key players for that team, and when he went to the board, he wasn't given what he wanted. It was given. it was given Nordvai and, and 100, 100 other players for a fiver. Yeah, you know, so, so, so come on. And Zaza. And, no, come on. No, no, no. Whatever. I can understand the frustrations of the fans. All right. We weren't promised in five years to be fighting at the right end of the table, getting into Europe. Now, it might have been an outlandish promise. It might have been tongue-in-cheek. But that's what we were promised. And then when we and when we transferred after a great last season at Upton Park and that last game with Man United, which was brilliant, yeah, and then you get, you know, 100 players for a fiver and then you get served up that rubbish. And then well, you I dress- just
0: don't know. I don't know how much Billich is involved in the transfer policy because, you know, you would hope it would be had to be believed... <laughs> What, what,
4: what, what, Someone what, would have what, you
0: believe that he found Lanzini, that he found Payet, that he found Obiang, that he had... So why suddenly has he got nothing to do with the transfers the following I nothing,
4: season? You know, like, I, I said there were players that you wanted. I forgot, there's a guy from Portugal. There was a real defence, the, the sort of Sujet-type hmm. rice defensive midfielder that we were supposed to be getting. And the ball, the ball, under. Um, you know how many times we link with players and, and the, oh, we can't get in? Because... Sure. Yeah, you know, so 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 look, I I, I I'm not I'm not I'm definitely not against the board. I'm not a board out, but 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 it, that was on them. You cannot promise something to a bunch of, and rip the heart out of the not the higher club, no no no, no, no no no, rip them out of their traditional homeland, drop them in this place, and then not not follow up. Now, as I said earlier on, I'm not a, a billionaire, and I don't know what it's like to spend two hundred million quid and go. Ooh, was it the right thing? I don't know what it's like. But I'm not there. You are. So you, can, you sure. can, And you've got to. Back, you've got to back your manager. And, and again, if anything, keep your step back and let the manager fall on his own sword. Let the manager buy his own players, and and you know, do or die. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it's, I still, there's a lot
0: of things we don't know. I mean, exactly. I, I'm assuming they didn't want that 1617 season to be shit, you know, that, but it was. And I, I, you know, um, I also, we saw uh, Moyes come in and fix very clear issues that I, by the fact that things changed when he came in, I do lay at the door of Billich, you know, And, um, you know, I haven't got a vendetta against Billets. It's just like, I sort of think maybe he's not a very good manager because things, you know, he had a really good season when they signed really good players. Like Jenkinson, Alex Song, you know, we just had a really good squad that that 15, 16 season. And uh, then, you know, things went against the wall. And then... Pellegrini was, was, you know, it didn't work out very well with Pellegrini. I don't think they wanted that to go wrong because they gave him a lot of money to manage the yeah, team. But
4: Pellegrini was a vanity signing. Pellegrini, he was finished at City. He was finished at City. So why yeah. get Pellegrini? And, and I'm, I, again, we're, we're British. And that's like saying this year, Moyes has a real great year and the next year, only well, because he has some great players. You, you know, I, I, think, I, think, I think the whole
3: anti board thing and 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 expectations. It, it's a complex business, and it's not always rational and going because emotions and passions are involved. And people were not happy uh, with Moyes because they saw that as an unambitious um, managerial signing, and were most of no people. There was a huge buzz about Pellegrini coming. Yeah. It, you know, what you say about it was absolutely right, with with the benefit of hindsight, but. The, the the kind of conversations I was having with people and 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 uh, uh, you were reading on social media at the time was an excitement about now oh, now we've got a kind of proper world class manager to go with that with our our expectations. Whereas in reality, what we needed, what any football club like West Ham needs, is solidity, proper planning, proper strategy. I mean, you know, we are watching this season what it's like to be managed by a manager and a team who really know what the fuck they're doing. And it's and it's wonderfully refreshing. To, and you can see it, uh, you know, it, it, day, game by game, you know, period of the season by period of the season. You can see it it, 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 it working. And, and all well, the noise is the same coming manager, out of the
4: club. This is the same manager, and, and, and I, I agree, he's done facts but who got the Hevo in Sunderland, got the Hevo at Man United, got the Hevo... In, in um, Spain, you know, yeah, he's coming to West Ham and he's got it right. He's definitely got it right, but he's also had a period with it wrong. So you, yeah. you know, we don't get, but you don't become a bad manager overnight. The David Moyes of Everton and the David Moyes of West Ham are the same David Moyes who just didn't get the time at Man United. Well. Yeah, didn't get the top t- was system. a Sunderland was a shitstorm that yeah, he went yeah, into. Yeah, I agree, I you know, agree. And, and I don't know what happened
0: at the Spanish club.
4: No, I'm sure, exactly. Really so know. what do I say to you? So a village at, at um, West Ham, who see, uh, seems to be a likable guy who wants to be liked, yeah. didn't have the testicles to say to the board, shut it, my team, my yeah. squad.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
4: Yeah, I would,
0: that's Well, I think the there truth. were catastrophic things. We started, uh, you've got, I, I don't want to spend a huge amount of time on this because we've got no, this no, sort no, of no. <laughs> season to talk about. But, you know, I mean, he started a premier season with no left back and a uh, a man who ended up being a striker as his right back. And it's like, I mean, that's something he should have gone to the management about, you know, there yeah. just seemed to be stuff on the pitch that I thought was like, you know, out at, at, yeah. at fault. Yeah. I just Sorry. think
3: there's been a lot of revisionist thinking about it about it all just a few because at the time when that, in that, that final season um, there, I had lots of conversations and a lot of pubs with a lot of West Ham fans, uh, and I hardly met anyone who wanted to stay at the stadium. Uh, me and Phil were among the very few people who really did not want to move. I would have joined and I'm not a big kind of protesty campaigny sort of person, but I would have joined a a, a meaningful protest against the move at the time but it was three people with arthur banner and a dog outside at the ground literally there was there was very very little opposition to that move at the time people were buying into the notion that going to a big ground was going to be all about kind of buying success and so on Um, and now there's a lot of revisionist thinking about the ground and losing traditions and so on there weren't many people standing up for long live the bowling at the time we were we were it was announced that we were going to leave it to be no, honest, I don't know. It's very, very kind of retro. That
4: I don't know. enough anyway, I, I, I don't know, Jim. It's, it's not, not, that's not my experience. Uh, you know, no. The, what I was sitting there, I was in the pool sandwiches in the West End. We didn't want to leave. We didn't. We didn't want to leave. And it took a lot of marketing, a lot of phone calls, a lot of, of videos. Come and have a look to buy the ticket to go where we went to.
1: Sure.
3: Well, I'm with you, but I, that just wasn't my experience. Uh, yeah, I, I think
1: You're right, Jim. There, there was there is revisionist thinking about it. I I, I agree with Chris. My, our circle were definitely all not for leaving Upton Park, but then likewise, none of us were chaining ourselves to the railings at, at okay. Upton Park either. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. No, I mean, you know, one one
1: one issue I had
0: with it in a way was that it felt um, it felt that you know when Arsenal moved to the Emirates from Highbury there were there was a waiting list for season tickets at Highbury that sort of demand was there for a move whereas you know i didn't i don't i you know I think you could we certainly weren't sold out of season tickets at Upton Park. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a sellout every week. And also we'd spent a couple of years in the championship, you know, within recent memory of the move, you know, and uh, certainly, you know, you could get in when we're in the championship. And I was like, you know, you've got to sort of, you've got to build a demand before you move. And I was concerned that, you know, the stadium would be three quarters empty. But in fact, that's the one thing that I was proved wrong on. You know, it's like it's pumping and they put more chairs in, didn't they? So it's um, So that was, you know, one of my biggest reservations was like, I don't want to move to a big, you know, we saw Middlesbrough away, didn't we? And uh, their stadium, their ground is too big for them, as the song goes. And I didn't want sure. our no, situation sure, yeah. to be the same as that, you know. Uh, but it wasn't. That's the one thing that didn't happen. You know, there was a lot of cheap season tickets, £99 season tickets and kids for a quid to fill it up. But it was full. And, you know, hopefully now we'll give them the football... That you know warrants being in that size of stadium, or sort of make it a good place to. Talking
1: to season tickets, usually this time of year is when I'm sort of loudly telling everybody this might be my last season. I'm not renewing. Fifty odd years is coming to an end, and, and then the day before renewal date, I usually pile in and, and cave in. Today, <laughs> I renewed my season ticket.
0: Yes, I might do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So do they knock a third off? Because they sort of owe us a third from about two years ago, don't they? They sort of, the end of the 2019-20 season, because there weren't any games, that third became your deposit for this year's season ticket, which meant I paid 26 quid for my season ticket this year because I'd already, you know, paid a third of that. So that all gets knocked on, does it? So by next year, it's it's just a third off.
1: it's the whole thing even more pleasurable when you don't actually have to get your credit card out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just pay it with money find on the back of the couch. Yeah. Um Noble Mark Noble played his 400th game for West Ham in the Premier 400th Premier League game uh yesterday and uh, those last two games he's been good. Yeah. Quite a lot of the sort of ringing the death knell of Mark Noble and kind of going this is really, you know, this is this this is beyond the pale picking noble I know that against wolves um because you know wolves have got some pace uh there was a lot of kind of ominous moaning and gnashing of teeth before that game when they saw his name on the team sheet fortunately against wolves strangely the battle didn't seem to happen much in the middle of the pitch they were keen to get it out to try ore on one of the flanks uh, and somehow the whole game felt like balls were kind of donked over the top for people to run onto from both sides. So, you know, Noble had a relatively good game in that, but, you know, yesterday there was a fair amount of kind of play in the middle of the pitch and Noble acquitted himself really well.
4: Yeah. Look, yeah. Uh, uh, no- 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 Noble has been, still is a very good player yeah. Um, you know, and you don't lose that football diligence overnight. No, my my my, my problem for Mark. Look, he's coming to that team. He's got a job to do, and he's played out of his skin. And I think that he's played. You know, when you when, when you when you're a sportsman, there's that left brain logical stuff where you know building blocks how to play. But then there's there's that virtuos. Virtuosity there's that when you just climb in it you just and you're an automatic pilot and you see it and you do it and you just feel great my my fear for mark is game one game two as well as his play playing on adrenaline what happens game three game four when he comes down off the high and he realizes i 'm thirty two year old mark noble and i can't run One more time, and I lunge him for that tackle, and it's the penalty, or it's my red card, or and and that's the the negative me. That's what I'm. I'm I'm scared. It's what I'm scared of. I don't want to. It's what I'm scared of. I'm scared that 55 minutes into the game, Mark Noble realizes I'm 32 or 33, and my legs are gone. Well, you know what I
0: mean. Was it, I think it was the very bad first half against Brighton that we played. And then we were much, much better in the second half. And I think in that first half, uh, Noble was on the team sheet and there was a little bit of sort of a ill feeling. I don't know why, I don't know who was missing, but somehow, you know, Mark was picked. And that first half against Brighton didn't work out and Mark didn't have his best game and he was hooked at half-time. And they changed the lineup in the second half and we played better. So I think, you know, possibly you know, if Moyes sees that happening, he'll reconfigure. Because I, I do sort of think that Fornaus is possibly capable of partnering Suchek in the middle of the park, which means that you can probably play Ben Rama somewhere in front of them or, you know, have some sort of configuration that includes him. So I think I think there is a sort of formation that we can play in the absence of rice that doesn't mean that we have to pick if uh, he's not feeling it. Because I do think, you know, he, he we will have sterner tests than Wolves and quite a weakened Leicester as well. I um, but I thought he had some really good games and I wondered whether it was because he was deployed in a slightly sort of different way. He seems so. to be a bit deeper, <clears throat> didn't he?
3: I think so. I think if he sits in front of the back four, um, picks up stuff, breaks things up, picks passes, you know, takes play from deep, he can cope with it. He don't need the legs to, to do that. Lots of, lots has been lots of great players in the past who haven't really been, yeah. you know, athletes or or whatever. What, where there's been a problem is when he's been put into the team alongside Suchek and Rice as a kind of three and been expected to do more of a kind of number 10, um number 10 role, more the kind of role that sort of Faunhaus was playing <clears throat> uh, yesterday, you know, and, and, I think that, you know, yeah, he hasn't got the legs for that. He's, he, you know, um, there was a time when I think he probably was underdeployed as an attacking midfielder. And I, I've always laid the blame a lot of that on Kirbishley, who told him he didn't have the pace to be an attacking midfielder and tried to turn him into a defender or did turn him into a defensive midfielder. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, um, in his heyday, he did have the legs to, to do that. And if not the pace, he could certainly, you know, run and run. Um, now, I think, you know, he's, got, he's using his nails. I mean, the block where he got injured in his arm was just, you know, fantastic, classic, blood and guts. We've seen it so many times over the years, you know, putting his body on the line, getting in the way of things. You know, there's, you, you, you can't argue with his passion and commitment. And, and we're going to need that over these last... He's going to be playing, whether we whether we like it or not. We haven't got anyone else. If yeah, no. So
1: And his um, nails. Know. If anyone gets... If there's anyone in that team who gets... The uniqueness of the position we're in right now, it's Martin Noble. You know, I always yeah. like seeing him play in the derbies and things like that because I think, again, if anyone gets what it's like to why it's important to beat Tottenham, and that's why I hope he plays in the Chelsea match, you know, as well, because yeah. I, I think he absolutely gets it. And actually, going back to Chris's point about Arthur and how the crowd would be, you know, there have been per- periods of this season where people have written Martin Noble off and said, you know, legs are gone, good night. You know, it's sentimental. Even when he announced it was going to be his farewell season, next season, there were still people going, "Yeah, it's, this is uh, this is heart rule in the head here." You know, and yet he's come in and done a, a great job for us these last two games. Yeah, you know? so, yeah. You know, if there's a there's a slightly schizophrenic attitude towards him, it's almost like we we revere the legend as was, and and but we don't really want him anywhere near the team now. And yet, no. continuously, does a really good job.
4: I think, I think what, what you've got there, Mark, though, is that we've still got the scars of another great player for West Ham. Is it great or good? Um, Nolan and and, and and Sam, you know, where he went on the season, one season or a season half too long. Um, and, and, and you don't want to see that happen to Mark. And you, you're right, the last two games, he's been superb. You just don't want Mark, no, you don't want Mark, to, you don't want Mark to do a Steven Gerrard.
1: Yeah. No, you no. You don't want him no. to
4: do who falls over, gives the ball, back of the net, bye-bye Liverpool. Bye-bye West Ham. You're seventh, you're not fourth.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because
4: you do know that whatever happens in the last game of the season, there's going to be that permutation. Normally it's relegation, but <laughs> it's going to be one minute you're fourth, one minute you're seventh. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, I mean, you yeah, know, coming on to that, we, we,
0: you know, last week when we did this podcast, I wrote down our remaining eight fixtures and you certainly, you know, we, um, we, we observed sort of fairly early on in the season that, that our run in is, you know, on paper, relatively favourable. Three sort of potential stumbling blocks, I thought, were the games against uh, Leicester, Chelsea, and for me, Everton feel Everton. always feel dangerous. Uh, the others, you know, were winnable. Uh, and what we've done is win one of the very first of those three difficult games, and uh, uh, um, you know, hugely encouraging because we really are just going to be taking this a game at a time. Chris, as you, as you say, I mean, it is. I think, you know, when when you know, where the Sunday fixture and games with teams around us are played on the Saturday, we'll go down two places and then we'll come back up one or come back up two. It's just going to be like that till the end of the year and we won't know how it's going to turn out, as you say, probably till the last, you know, day or the last couple of days. Um, you've got a
4: fancy, got a fancy and I'm sorry, John, I feel I'm talking too much, but... You've got the fancy Liverpool in it, haven't you? I mean, I, I, can, got... you, can you believe we're saying this? We're fighting for Liverpool, the champions, to be in the top yeah. four. But you've got to fancy Liverpool. To... Um, yeah,
3: well, I, I said last week, Chris, Liverpool will go past us. I think they'll win every game between now and the end of the season. Um, they were lucky against Villa. I watched their game against Villa. Um, and, you know, won the goal from uh, Alexander-Arnold at the at late on. But they haven't really... You know, I think if Greenish had been fit playing that game, I think Villa... In fact, if, if have been fit the last six, seven games, Villa would be... We'd be looking over our shoulders at them, actually. Definitely, I think they're yeah, a decent yeah. team. So we've been lucky in that respect that they've probably dropped out of it now, as it were, as a team that could go past us. I think Spurs are having a massive wobble and have got some difficult games still yeah. to come. Um, so it's looking like, yeah, Everton are a real threat. Chelsea, Liverpool must be hot favourites to go past us but we've got a chance because we've got to play uh, Chelsea and I think Leicester will be looking over their shoulders big time really at everyone so it's going to go yeah I think it's going I think you're right Chris I think it's going to go to the wire and the really positive thing is our last three games you've got Brighton away uh, almost literally and certainly metaphorically on the beach by then we
4: hope
3: (laughs) Um, West Brom will be dead and better they'll be gone uh, and Southampton will be literally kind of sunglasses and flip-flops. So, um, and it's a different kind of pressure. When you play those teams, sometimes those those games don't go the way you think when you're a relegation scrap, because one little thing goes against you and the confidence goes and so on. But when you are banging in three goals in 45 minutes in every one of your games against uh, Arsenal and Leicester and Wolves... Um, you go goal down in one of those games you're just going to shrug your shoulders and say well we'll score we'll score 2 or 3 we're not wor- we're not worried about it it's a different kind of pressure it, it, those games are going to be you know opportunities aren't they that you know opportunities to win something to get somewhere rather than you know risking failure i mean i you know obviously chris you're the you're the expert on sports psychology but but uh, am i do you think i'm right about that well, kind
4: of know, the mentality being different one. i mean I, I, the, the way you framed it was was brilliant. We 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 will be the team with everything to play for. It really, really matters. Scrapping for everything. And you you know, hopefully the three teams you just mentioned are flip flops from for different reasons. West Brom they've gone you the other two, they're both on the south coast and they're already going to the two K and they're going to be Villa Spagna.
1: You know, absolutely yeah. I think West Brom beat Southampton tonight though, didn't they? I think hey. sorry?
3: It's,
1: still, it's too little too late, isn't it, for them? Yeah, all, all the same. They're putting a run That's together. That's good. I think, two yeah. five yeah. two, and I think they were three up against Southampton. I don't know what the final score was. Yeah, is, but. yeah
0: it's, like, I mean, it's like that sort of, um, you know, the Arsenal's invincible season and, uh, and some of those runs that the champions of the last couple of years, City and Liverpool, have had. It's like you, you, you're not reaching for something. You've already got it and you're trying not to drop it. Yes. And the yeah. fact is you've got it. So all you got to do is hang on to it. All you got to do is not drop it. And I mean, Phil Pitt made this sort of point that the you know last uh, last week's podcast uh, of um, if we can just pick points up in each game, it's like it's just not losing. And one thing we're really good at is not losing. Yeah. People were quite you know down on uh, you know the Arsenal performance because of the comeback, uh, that Brighton performance because of. Uh, quite a wretched first half of football, probably one of our worst halves of football this season. Both of those games, that we didn't lose. We got one point, you know? And it's just that thing of just going, let's just keep trying to put points on the board. You know, sometimes it'll be one, but sometimes it'll be three. And if we just, you know, for me... One thing I've, I've, I've sort of thought when it started to look we were going to put, look like we were going to put a good season together was I hope we can get more points than the 15-16 season, our last really good season. We got 62 points and we're on 55 now, so you know, uh, eight points will get us to sixty-three, which is a better, a better finish than the Piè season. And you know yeah. that was a bloody good team, yeah. Jenkinson and an informed Cresswell on the flanks,
4: Lanzini, Piè. Yeah. That was a great team. Well, 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 a I mean, of... that's a lovely statement here, but that's a little bit arbitrary now. I think you know, I think now, well. So let's speak for myself. Having yeah, can't believe where we are. I'd be really disappointed if we finish eighth, for example, and we and we don't get to Europe. And I am even I I can't even believe I'm saying this. I'm even really I'm really hoping now for Champions League. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you know <laughs> it just sounds ridiculous to be a West Ham fan. And I said now, look, I won't be disappointed if we don't get Champions League, of course I won't. You know, if we're here and we get sixth or seventh, we're going to, fine, fine. But honestly, 62 points, that that, that is just so, doesn't matter anymore. Only because, you know, victim of our own success, because of where we actually are with seven games to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely
0: absolutely yeah yeah you know and and uh, no one's saying I, I i'll be happy if we're sixth and seventh and i'll be sad if we're fourth <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm not saying that you know it's like um you know i want us to finish as high as we possibly can um but for me if we got more points than we did in 15 16 and I, you know i sort of think you know it's my head says uh maybe seventh my heart says sixth uh, I think we will finish one of either sixth or seventh. I would say, you know. Oh, uh, but you you, you know, the team oh, don't listen to me. Oh, <laughs> we're, playing well. we're, we're playing too well. are playing too well. Phil <laughs> wants us to finish sixth. We're going to have to.
3: I think we're going to finish above Leicester, having beaten them. I think that was a psychological blow. But, but they, they've got. They've got. Um, uh, they've still got a cup semi-final. Um, their heads were there I think as well I think that helped actually that was a factor in that game mm-hmm. um, it's always mm-hmm. useful to play a, a team a week before a cup semi-final I think um, Liverpool I think, and Chelsea
1: have both got Europe they've still got Europe they've still got mm-hmm, Europe so that's Liverpool a factor. I, I, I think it's
3: hard to imagine that we're get, I think Liverpool have just got an easy run of fixtures though and I think they're going to go past I think it's a battle between us Chelsea and Everton for that for that fourth, fifth, sixth place I think that's that's where it's going to go I think it'll be Man City, Man U, Liverpool, one, two, three, and then I think I think it's I think Leicester are going to uh, uh, do what they did last last season. I think they're going to fall away. And That's I about. I mean, gonna...
0: that will be really useful if yeah one of the teams above us. I mean, I hadn't I hadn't really thought of one of the teams above us sort of, that we might overtake one of them. But yeah, Leicester, obviously, they're only a point away at the moment. But They're not uh, going
3: to touch Man U, and actually that Man U result, yesterday was probably good for us, actually, because I think, you know, Spurs were one of the teams you'd have thought probably will. They've got to make up, they've got six points to make up now. That's that's, that's, that's in seven games that they're going to be going some to, uh, we've got either got to kind of fuck it up a bit or they've got to really go some and they, they're showing no signs of that are they really no no
0: I mean I think there's a sort of um there's a slightly rocky psychology there as well they're sort of you know they they seem you know Mourinho sounding very discontented and there's a lot of sort of paper talk about if we don't get Champions League I'm off says Harry Kane it feels like you know it feels like they're sort of um not a happy ship, and that,
4: they've got a massively. But I, so, so, so I, so so I actually think it's not because of what they do. I think I think it's about what we do, and yeah. I think, yeah. and I, think yeah. I do think Liverpool get a bit ahead of us. I uh, like what you just said there, Jim, about Leicester. I, I just think for whatever reason this year, whatever reason, our boys don't know when they're beat. They do not understand that no? when your best central midfielder is out, you're supposed to capitulate. They do not understand that when you drop in Mark Noble at the end of his career, he's supposed to mess it up. They do not understand that when our best <laughs> central defender is up, that actually is supposed to leak more goals and yeah. score. They don't know that you, you, can't, yeah, you yeah. can't play without a stri- striker. They just don't know. They so, so it's like they're, they're like kids. They don't know what they don't know that you can't do this. And so I, I honestly do think we are going to go on that stupid run. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, the, the psychology is
0: definitely there. You know, we're we're set up, we're set up for it and, and hopefully we can because, you know, this run in, these games are winnable and uh, we've already won one of the ones that we thought was maybe a bit less winnable. Uh, so, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean...
3: Well, if, if we win the other two, I mean, if we beat Chelsea and we beat Everton, I think that'll be it. I think we will do it.
0: But yeah, I don't yeah. think
3: we will <laughs> win both those games. <laughs> but if we were to win both those games, my God, you know, yeah. I think we'll
0: do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
3: You know, it's, it's that we're at that point, aren't we? We're, the, we're, the, we're in the driving seat. We're, we're the team in fourth. They've got to get past us.
4: And we'll we think we will Those
3: are six-pointers, those games, aren't they? You know, um, Chelsea one point behind, we, we beat them. It's four points. Yeah, that's
1: the, yeah. Game. That's the game. Chelsea's that's the game, it. isn't it? Yeah.
3: It's a massive game, isn't it? Yeah, we win that. Crikey. I don't
0: think we will. But, <laughs> no, we, no. Uh, you know, no, but we, um, you know uh, Jay Lins is sort of adding to our very positive sort of psychology. He just goes out there and just does his thing. Oh, um, it's going to be very worrying for other teams. I think it is that, you know, again, we're in, a, we're in uncharted territory in that um, other teams are worried about us and they don't know what yeah. we're going to do. And it's like, you know... Three, a third team in three weeks has had three goals put past them. And, um, you know, as, as, as you said, Mark, teams now should know what to expect from us, but they can't do anything about it, you know.
3: Can I say, though, just to add to that, I think, and I've felt this for a little while now, the big banana skin is coming up Saturday. Well, I think that's a really good still, Newcastle still need points. They will yeah. be fighting like hell. It's and Wilson and uh, Sam Maximum back. Yeah, yeah. And when they came on against Bernie, tra- turned the game. And we they have
1: no, no, I know it's a different world, but we have no record at St James's Park, really, do we?
4: Not really, not much. And and, and and another thing as well is, I, I think most teams that we played against have just not taken us seriously. I, you know, I know we are in fourth, but most teams still think it's West Ham.
0: Yeah.
4: And so, so I think that the way that they're it's West Ham, they can't, So yeah. we're going to lose in minute. Um, so, but but the teams like a Newcastle. They're scrapping for everything. So I, I, I have mm-hmm. you right, Mark. You know it's the Newcastle's and the Brighton that could be the tough games because yeah. this, if, it, if they're scrapping for things and Newcastle are still scrapping for something. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely. my fear. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Wilson always scores against this. He's one of those players who always scores against West Ham, and he's he's he's, very, he's a player I've always admired. Or, you know, would have liked likes have come to West Ham some point but um, and Sam Maximan has burned us with his face you know a couple of seasons ago absolutely tore us, tore us apart yeah to so that a letter, you know, letter look. training like haplessly yeah. in his wake we, but, yeah. but
1: how many how many times during this season have we gone and I've certainly done it which is go. it'd be typical West Ham if we did yes. this and yeah. funny enough this season yeah. we've not done that I, I was no. convinced we were going to lose to Sheffield United having just beaten whoever it was we, yeah. you know, that would be so typical of West Ham well actually what's typical of West Ham at the moment is burning teams off in the first half hanging on a bit at the end but giving us great entertainment and at the end of it as chris said winning yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely absolutely well um you know all very positive taking it a game at a time i've got a piece of paper with the fixtures <laughs> on uh, my computer for every time we do this and i'm sort of ticking them off and if it's like you know three points every game by the time i've filled this piece of paper up we'll uh, we'll be in europe um so um yeah very exciting very exciting uh weeks ahead um i suppose that's probably about it for this week's stop hammer time except for match predictions for newcastle united i said 3-1 didn't i for yeah, yesterday i think last yeah, week yeah was, was annoying when they scored their second uh yeah so um mark do you want to go first
1: yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I can't say what I've just said and then say I think Newcastle are going to win. It's going to be West Ham 2-1. Maybe, unusually, we'll only score two. 2-1, 2-1. Jim, what do you reckon?
3: I think we'll score two, but I think they will as well. I think it's going to be 2-1. Two 2-1. All.
0: Two all. Chris, what do you reckon? I'll go 3-1 West Ham. 3-1 West Ham. Good man, good man. Then I will say 1-0 West Ham. Ooh. Newcastle don't score. And we score one. All right. There we are. Uh, Well, we'll see you next week and find out what happened in that game. Uh, uh, This has been Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Wheelands. With me this week have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. Mark Sandell. Good evening. And Chris Akabusi. See ya. Come on, you irons.
3: This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com
2: Chumba.
4: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. All prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.